0: And then there was one. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's uh, Connor here and Connor by himself because uh, Nate is off doing Nate things and Brandt is currently in L.A. But uh, since so much happened, we couldn't have an episode without you. So I decided to hold you guys down. As always, welcome back to the Flight Deck Podcast, the number one Blue Jays podcast in all of your little hearts. And yeah, we had a lot of Blue Jays stuff go down this week. A couple series. Uh, One's currently still in progress. I'm recording just before game three of the Dodgers series. And uh, if last night wasn't one of the most infuriating things ever, I don't know what is. But uh. I guess we'll get started with uh, – we'll just quickly go back and look at the other series. Uh, last two games against the Padres, I was at one of them. It, it sucked, the game with Darvish. The Bats didn't show up. And the second game, the Bats didn't want to show up until Jordan Lublo and Vladdy and Kirk did stuff, so that was good. Uh, Mariner series, we just can't win in Seattle, evidently, and even when we do, Jordan Romano nearly blows it. So that's what's going to happen. Um and then yeah, we'll just quickly Dodgers game, uh, game one, Barrios was really good. Uh, we got uh Michael Grove cheating, which was kind of funny. Uh he was really good in the first couple innings, but they made him switch his pants and then he immediately gives up two runs and a bunch of hits. So that's something you need to look for. Dodgers wink, wink, nudge, nudge him. Like, come on now. Uh we got the the not the MLB debut, excuse me, but the blue jays debut of Henesis Cabrera. Uh, yeah, we recently uh, picked up Henesis Cabrera after he was DFA'd by the Cardinals, and it's a it's a it's a funny thing that like the Cardinals aren't known for developing pitching, and so you know what happens you you get rid of good people. Because Henesis Cabrera comes in and has three really good innings, three really good innings of of work in the last two days. Uh, he he was uh, brought up by Nate, and Nate Pearson was optioned, so kind of a, a shocking move, a little bit. Um, But they want Nate to work on his breaking ball command, which I guess is it's whatever. Like it's not the biggest thing with Nate, but if he's going to be back up here, especially when rosters expand. But uh, since Hennessy Cabrera needed to be added to the 40 man, that means uh, our favorite 2019 soldier, Brant's favorite man in the whole wide world, Trent Thornton got the, got the hook, got the DFA. And, he got it before Mitch White, but that's a story that I'll get into in two seconds because it's very prevalent. But uh, the uh the bullpen has been really good uh up until it hasn't. It's been super oh super hit and miss lately, and uh I'll, I can just get into that now with the Dodgers series. Uh, Jay Jackson and Henesis Cabrera have been fucking revelations uh, so far, more so Jay Jackson than Henesis because I'm not I don't want to fully judge him Henesis off three innings, but Jay Jackson. I bow to you, my king. Like there's not much more that I could say about Jay Jackson's ability that he's pitched with at, on this level, and especially the story that came out last night where his uh his most recent uh, child that was born, congratulations, Jay. Um, is in the ICU. Like, and he's been on off days. He's been going to Utah and coming back to Toronto and pitching through all that, and he's only given up. The one earned run, it feels like, unless I'm completely forgetting one. But still, it was the one earned run, and it was the Aaron Judge judgment. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, he doesn't – the fact that, like, this man wasn't even going to sniff the the roster to start the year, and that's just, like – that's a crazy – that's crazy to think about. But uh, now we need to get into the negatives of the last bit of time. Obviously, the offense has been – The whole story of every single season, Dalton Varsho, it's not looking great. You can't really do much with that. Um, A person that I didn't want to rag on, but I feel like it's very easy to rag on right now, is Santiago Espinal. he's, He's slowly playing his way into the what do you do here category, which is what I, which is I like to refer to as the cabin Bishio territory, but it's kind of seemed like it's flipped a bit recently, which is a little crazy considering that Santiago Opsenal was our all-star last year. I, I say in quotations, all-star, but uh, like that's, that's a thing there, but <sighs> the flub last night with the, the, that caused the tying runs to come in because you weren't paying attention at second base. You know you're supposed to be a great defender, yet your your defensive run saves and outs above average are abysmal. Um, but uh, I guess you wouldn't be in that situation if uh, Eric Swanson. We got a four run lead, and that lead wasn't even Eric Swanson proof to that last night. And uh, yeah, that's just a. Uh, that's a game the Blue Jays should have, and especially now, like it's it's just it's a hectic time for 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 us as Blue Jays fans. And uh, looking looking at tonight at today's game, it's Kikuchi on the mound. You gotta win that game, like because if you if you don't, you're looking less and less likely. You're you're heading into trade deadline weekend with less momentum, and that really doesn't that's not gonna help. Ross Atkins coming to a decision, which I guess is something that we need to really think about. But uh also, just a pause a quick positive again. Danny Jansen did the thing again that we all know he did. Because yeah, it came he Danny Jansen is tenth in in plate appearances on Blue Jays this season. Tenth. And he's third in RBI. Now, I don't know if that's good for Jano or bad for the team. It's a bit of column A, column B, because Danny Jansen yeah, for the amount of times that he's played should not be third in the team in RBIs like looking at you Matt Chapman looking at you George Springer like man but yeah like this team is just missing that run scoring production the second they, they can get a good two weeks of run scoring a lot of shit changes but and then I'll finally get to the, the end point here so after Eric Swanson hands the Dodgers the game, the Blue Jays need to go to Mitch White in extra innings in a tie game. And he gives up the win because it's Mitch White. What else did we expect? Like he's so it's it's just like how do you as an organization keep him around? And it might just be because you're waiting for Hyun Ryu or like Chad, but like in no conceivable way, shape, or form should J should should Mitch White still be on this team come Tuesday, which is the deadline. Like, if he's still on this team or on this roster and not either wavered or in in Buffalo, then you just put your hands up and saying, excuse me, like at this point, like huh, it's it's just it's a it's a goddamn shame. Like, and yeah, it's been it's been so long that we've had so much more stuff happen in Blue Jays land. Uh, we had a couple of uh of rehab starts from Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, he, a couple of rehab starts. Hyunjin Ryu's last one was a a couple couple days ago in Buffalo, and he decided to pitch six innings, three hits, two runs, one walk, and eighty five pitches. And his his velo on the fastball average, eighty eight point four, which granted, obviously doesn't blow anybody away but it's Hyunjin Ryu he maxed out at 91 so now it's a matter of seeing when he's going to come back And I personally wish it was against the Angels and not the Orioles but it's likely to be the Orioles that he comes back against which yikers that could go very bad very fast uh, because we don't really necessarily know but and again there is really no good time to bring any of these guys back but uh, yeah if he can come back and just provide something just, just genuinely anything like I'll take it as a win because Hyunjin Ryu at this point is probably going to be I can't even say a fifth starter because he's probably going to be a six-man rotation he's going to be your sixth starter and just just don't be first part of the year Alec Manila Hyunjin and you'll be fine but the shoot, the more intriguing one to me personally was the guy that just started his his first rehab assignments, Chad Green. Uh, Chad Green has pitched uh, two innings now. He's given up two hits, uh, no earned runs, no walks in one K. His fastball is averaging about the same as last year. It's a point. It's a it's a minus. It's a drop off of point zero one. So it's like apples to oranges at that point with Chad Green. And if he comes back, I think this bullpen looks. He come. He comes back into anything like Chad Green that we know and have hated for years. But he gives up that occasional great big home run. Which, the more that you think about it, if you go back in the history of the last couple of big home runs that have been hit, uh, Chad, against the Yankees, Chad Green is kind of at the center of a lot of them. Like, and it is hilarious because he was a Yankee, but uh, now he's a Jay. So please don't do that to us, Chad Green. Please, I am begging you, God damn it. Um. Let's see, what else do we have on today's list of things that happened? Um, I guess we can, that's, it. I'll hop into the trade deadline stuff because why the hell not? Uh, Ross Atkins, a couple of days ago, probably, I think last week, actually, by the time of this recording, uh, he said, uh, he hinted at a right-handed bat and perhaps a left-handed reliever, as well as a starter, if the option was available. Well, uh, you can thank Genesis Cabrera for getting the left-handed reliever out of the way. Um, at least for the time being, unless they get somebody else. Uh, a starter with an option is something that uh, something that Blue Jays fans probably not going to want to hear, but they're not going to get the big fish. They're not going to get the Strowman. They're not going to get the Snell. They're probably not even going to get the Lynn or the Giolito, which makes sense, like, because you don't Said this last week on the podcast, you don't need an ace level. You don't need another ace. You could always, there's never anything wrong with having too many aces, but you don't necessarily need to go out and spend the bag for said aces. Like it's, that's the finicky thing with it, is you have to always consistently spend the farm and do you want to spend like your addison barger ricky tiedemann or elvis martinez several burst chips on a rental pitcher no probably not but it's not even it's a pitcher with an option so you're looking at someone around the i was gonna say uh, not the around the mitch white level but uh better than mitch white but not much better than mitch white but uh yeah that's that's not fun but uh a lot of reports have, uh, have ser- ser- centered around a couple guys. One of them being White Sox shortstop, Tim Anderson. Now, as many of you know and possibly hate before, I watch the White Sox uh, more than I for sure should. Um, but uh, jo- yeah, uh, John Morosi came out on MLB Network and said the Jays have interest at Tim Anderson. For Tim Anderson at second base. Now... I uh there are so many like things you could say about Tim Anderson. Uh he's had a bad year. Let's start there. The numbers are not good. Um he's had lingering injuries. He's had off the field issues, but pre-injury in Minnesota that happened early uh late early May, around early May, I believe if I'm not if my timelines are correct, uh, around early May. Before then, for that injury, and after the all-star, and now after the all-star break, he has looked more and more like the Tim Anderson that we that we have come to expect, which is a top ten offensive shortstop in baseball. Uh, he's not hitting for power; he doesn't have a home run in the last let's see calendar year. So that's great just what the Jays need: someone that doesn't hit for power. But Tim Anderson' career, he does really well against lefties. And like I said, this could be the the outing. If Tim Anderson is a blue jay, this could be the outing of the uh could be out the out the outs for Cavin Biggio or Santiago Espinal, which if you want to make the team better, I guess it makes sense, given even though I have a giant Cavin Biggio blue jays thing above my head, like always. But uh if Cavin Biggio and Santiago Espinal are not on this team, do I think the team becomes slightly better, depending on who you bring in? Yes, I think they do, because also uh, Morosi continued to come out and say something else about the middle infield market. Uh, as of 17 hours ago, he said, Sources say Blue Jays, Mariners, Giants, and the Brewers are among teams looking at middle infielders. Now, looking at the middle infield is a very interesting thing for the Blue Jays. You obviously, like I keep saying, you have uh, Merrifield, Biggio, and Espinal, But like it's, it's a matter of trying to find a way to upgrade because in a perfect world, Whit Merrifield is your, which it is now, he's your like utility guy that you throw around everywhere pretty much as opposed to Kevin Vigio. But uh, I think it, it, like he'll also play, he'll play the outfield against the lefty, which is why I think they're they're looking at that middle infield option. They have a guy that could play second base and hit lefties pretty well. And some names Morosi mentions that uh, have been available are Tim Anderson, like I said, Paul DeYoung, and Vidal Bruhan of the Rays. Now, I think Paul DeYoung is a great fit here with the Jays, but it's a matter of has Paul DeYoung ever played second? And because I I don't think he has, if my m- recollection is correct, uh, it's it's a little weird because Paul DeYoung is a I think I believe he's a free agent. So as uh, Tim Anderson has a, a year of control, and Vidal Brujan... He's a Ray, which means he has all of the years of control left and they just don't see a spot for him. So, <clears throat> but yeah, it's a uh, middle infield was not what I expected or want the Jays to do. You go get, I keep saying that you go get a Brent Rooker, go get a guy that you platoon with Brandon Belt and can play the outfield and can absolutely mash home runs. Well, it's, it's a matter of what you want the Jays to be because right now they don't hit a lot of home runs. They don't score runs period. Like it's, it's infuriating to watch this team because we see everything is right there. They just need that one piece that like the cherry, like just, just put that in the lineup and it's, it's set. And I think Brent Rooker could be that guy. He does have a lot of control uh, left left, so that might up the cost a bit more. Um, and from everything that I've been seeing, the outfielder market for trading is kind of dwindling because there is obviously the big fish in Cody Bellinger, who is having an absolute resurgence of a year. Uh, there is Brent Rooker, like I mentioned. <laughs> Excuse me. And then after that, it's looking a little, like, iffy because a lot of the, the big names are coming out of St. Louis, your Carlson's, your O'Neill's. And now... It's looking like the Cardinals are holding on to both of those guys, which for all the people that wanted another Canadian on the Blue Jays, probably not gonna be Tyler O'Neal. Uh but yeah, I think that's I guess that's why the Blue Jays are going middle infield. But it's I I don't know what to say a lot with this team anymore. Um the Blue Jays have a lot. Th- this is I would argue that this is their most important trade deadline in at least six, seven years. I'd say at least. Like it's last year. What last year was one thing. Last year was just you needed that that piece that finished it, I think. But you got Whit Merrifield, who has become a pretty good, pretty good player for you in his first full season in Toronto. Was an All Star, so that's something. Um. But yeah, this is the most important one. They are in a literal dogfight, and they have so many offensive issues, namely just scoring runs. Because and their approach, I know we all like to get on the Guillermo Martinez and Luis Rivera hate train, but it's it's just like it's beating a dead horse at this point. Like it's there's no there's nothing more that you can say. And and for all the people that are like fire John Schneider. Yeah, Tay, you're gonna you're gonna be sad for a little bit of time here, guys, because he's not going anywhere. Like, there's there is no point. There's, there's no point in 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 our in. Ta- you're yelling at a wall if you think John Schneider's gone. Like, it's it's ridiculous. You've just live with it. John Schneider is not the worst. John Schneider's not even the main guy. Like, it's it's a matter of trying to. Do the best with a shitty fucking situation. But what more can you say about that? But, yeah, the Jays definitely need a piece to, uh, to definitely round it out because it's, it's a matter of just you got to get in now. This is one of your more interesting stretches that you've been on. You played the Padres. You played the Mariners. You played the Dodgers now. You're going home to play the Angels. And then you play the Orioles and the Red Sox, which, oh, boy. That could be th- those seven, I think it's four games against the, the Orioles. You need at least two, if not three. Like, it's it's not even funny at this point. You need those games because you're holding on to a wild card by about two games at this point. Like, like oh, oh shit. It's it's this team makes me sweat because last night, just everything that could have went wrong went wrong. And that's kind of how I'm feeling with this team and how many people are feeling. But in looking at it, we're, we're 30 and 21 in the last 51. So, which surprisingly is one of the best records in the American League, if not the best. So it, it's a matter of just, they're, they're killing themselves out there. It's, it's a matter of how well that you can truly fix something. Just fix it, please, Blue Jays, for the love of God. I'm praying, just go on a run here. Start, and it starts today because the lineup that they just put out as of a minute ago in my recording has George Springer, Bo Bichette, Brandon Belt, uh, Vladdy, Chapman, Merrifield, Varsho, Jansen, and our boy, the boy of boys, Kevin Biggio. So it's another two hits for Kevin. I'm penciling that in right there. Uh, and I can't wait for him to strike out four times now that I said this. Uh, so yeah that's going to be great. But um yeah. Uh what else is there to really get into? Me doing a solo episode was a uh, smart idea and I'm I'm speed not, I don't know if it was smart. I just yeah, I, I just needed to get some things out there because especially after last night it was kind of the final straw of like I I was going to wait it out and have a lot to talk about with the boys. But Brant's in LA and Brant's had a lot of fun. I'll say that. Uh just Quickly, without getting into it too much, uh, he's met he's met some he's met some interesting people. Uh, saw so he went to the Dodgers game in game one. Uh, met met a couple of of of, uh, of nice people, like AKA uh, some some families down there, uh, the Blue Jays families. I'm not going to say whose because it's obviously brand story to tell, but uh, there's a, we had some legendary people on this on this ball club, folks. That's all I'm going to say, and Brand will get. At the time that Brant's able to share what happened specifically. Uh, yeah, I'll let him do that. But yeah, Brant's in LA. He's enjoying it. He's having fun. He actually got to watch his Blue Jays win. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, doing this by myself today. So that's always fun. It's going to be a very, going to be a quicker one because as you can probably tell, I am rambling a little bit because when you don't have three people, when you don't even have two people, you don't have something to bounce off of. So you just keep going here. Uh, yeah. But um, I guess, you know what, we're about, about 30 minutes-ish in. It's going to be like a 45-minute episode probably, guys. It's going to be a little bit on the short end, but uh, quick and easy. Get it out of the way. We're going to go to around the league because a couple of trades have happened and a couple of aisle stints have happened as well. We're going to start with the aisle stint because it was the farthest away. Jared Kelnick. Now, Jared Kelnick did the funny thing of fracturing his foot. Now, now you say, now you say that what's funny about fracturing your foot, but uh, it's how he did it. He, after a strikeout, he kicked a cooler and fractured his foot. Now, Jared, have you not learned from the recent history of players doing goofiness and injuring themselves? I mean, we can look at Marlins. I'm not going to say ace, but one of the best pitchers on the Marlins, Jesus Lizardo, broke his hand getting mad at video games. Now, I I have known I've been known to play video games from time to time, and injuring yourself playing video games is a hilarious statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the Devin Williams one that's even more kind of real because after winning the division, he celebrated by punching a wall, breaking his hand, and missed the playoffs. And they proceeded to get eliminated in five games to the atlanta braves that won the world series in 2021 yeah it's and i do feel for jared kelnick because the interview that did come out was uh kind of it was a little sad because he just let everybody down he's probably not going to play again this year and the mariners needed a guy like that in the lineup and it's got me thinking i already brought up a couple but uh here's I found an article by MLB.com. It's the weirdest injuries that have happened most recently. Now I'll skip a couple here, but the funniest, one of the funnier ones is me Is a Chapman got placed on the aisle with a leg infection because of a tattoo. As a man with a tattoo, you, you went to the wrong place. If you're getting a leg infection, like it's, that's a bit, it's a bit shady. It's a little shady. I Um, I mean, there was another guy that broke his hand, Huascar Yanoa. Remember him? He was a pitcher for the Braves that decided to hit a bunch of grand slams too and post a 2-2-3 ERA for them. But you know, the Braves, it's the Braves, so you probably didn't notice because they they fuck. Like, they. everything else is just going well for them. And, uh, here's the most recent one that I found. It's our it's a former friend, Blue Jays legend, Rowdy Tellez. Uh, and Rowdy was already on the injured list at the time when it happened, but he was shagging fly balls by the outfield wall, and his ring finger got lodged in between the padded sections of the, the outfield, the center field, and he tore the nail bed off his finger. So, good job, Rowdy. He needed seventeen stitches. So, just remember, kids, if you're ba- if you're mad at baseball things, don't punch or or do anything to get any type of injury. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but woof 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 that sucks for rowdy to now you know what since i'm here by myself i'm gonna talk some white socks a little bit too and i know people are already clicking away um white socks lost uh, last night to the cubs which wolf just, just wolf uh, my boy yoan is back almost at a grand slam but fuck you say suzuki um and the white socks are sellers As I've mentioned, they already said Tim Anderson. Uh, Now, as of within the last hour, the Rays and the Dodgers are seeming to be in a bidding war for Lance Lynn Uh, because the Rays and White Sox have uh, already exchanged names that would be going in a potential deal with Lance Lynn to the Rays, but the Dodgers haven't given up their pursuit. And also the Dodgers want to get Lucas Giolito. And while I think... I think Lucas Giolito will be a dodger, come the trade deadline. Please, I don't want Lance Lynn to be a Ray, because I feel like they'll fix him and he'll go back to humming like at a three five and just flipping people off, throwing nothing but fastballs the whole game, and it works just because whatever. And we'll get that outing that he had against the Blue Jays, uh, in a losing effort, but he had si won seven innings and eleven Ks. But uh yeah, that's just praying that the White Sox are, I can't even say good, just relevant in the coming years because I would... It's always fun when the White Sox are good. Uh, and now we have a, they have a couple of trades that actually did happen. Uh, the earliest one was Shintaro Fujinami of the Oakland A's to the Baltimore Orioles, uh, in exchange for a slapdick prospect, as Blake Snell would say. Um, now, Fujinami not had a good year, not had an okay year, had a bad year with the A's, but, uh, oh boy, but he's been uh, pretty good within the last month. But the second the Orioles traded for him, the first pitch Shintaro Fujinami threw in the black and orange went over the wall. So it's a great start there. He hasn't looked good and the Orioles are a team that need to, they need, they're obviously, I, I don't need to say, I don't want to talk too much shit on those trash birds, but fuck the trash birds. Um, they're a team that needs to solve the pitching and more like pitching and just pitching in general, a bullpen starter because the rotation they're rolling out there right now. It's not great. They could be in on a Lucas Giolito. They should be in on a Lucas Giolito type uh a Jack Flaherty even if the Cardinals are planning on selling him because the Orioles now lead the division and that kind of feels like it came out of Nord but it really didn't uh they've been a really good team all year and the pitching is the one thing that I'm not gonna say is it's gonna hold them back it hasn't held them back to this point but it will hold them back in a long deep postseason run because that offense is real Adley Rutschman Austin Hayes Gunnar Henderson Uh, Cedric Mullins, when he's healthy. You got good out of Aaron Hicks, which Christmas miracle there. Uh, The revelation of Ryan O'Hearn, that home run against Jordan Romano, still scares me to to no end. And I didn't even mention Anthony there yet. Like, there's dudes everywhere. And the Blue Jays' father, Ryan Mountcastle. Dudes everywhere. They're showing up big. And if they get a big pitching piece, I think that puts them over the top. And they have the prospects to do it, but I don't think they're going to be a team that blows the farm system open for a Shohei Otani type, which I can have a whole 20 minutes on Otani if I wanted to, but uh, Otani's probably staying with the Angels. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's Shintaro Fujinami. I started here with Shintaro Fujinami, but yeah, uh, they started. They attempted to start looking at them things. Fujinami's a buy low, it's a high risk, high reward type. of. That's it. It's a low risk, high reward type of deal. But in essence, but uh, he, should, he should, I feel like he should be okay. Like, it's a, it's a matter of figuring it out, I guess. But he's now out of the Coliseum and into uh, Baltimore. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how he continues. He hasn't started great, but that's something to look at as we go down the stretch with the Orioles. The other trade that is, like, confirmed, confirmed to happen happened last night, and it is a reunion. The Boston Red Sox have traded Kike Hernandez back to the L.A. Dodgers. Now, do I think the L.A. Dodgers are in a position where they need a up? Yes, because Gavin Lux went out, obviously, as we know, and they've been throwing out Chris Taylor, Miguel Rojas, uh, Miguel Vargas, even for a couple of games, I think, Mookie Betts. And they needed a guy that could play there. And why not get a guy? Kike has not had a good year, but why not get a guy – that is able to bring the vibes back. Kike was a vibe in LA, and he was obviously a former Dodger. He's he's a vibe in LA. He's going to bring the good energy, and the Dodgers are hoping to rejuvenate Kike. I mean, look at the look at JD Martinez. They clearly rejuvenated him because he had 13 home runs last season, and he's already in the mid 20s now, I believe. So, so yeah, he's that's looking there, and the Red Sox are a team that. I don't know if this means they're selling that though. Cuz they are just as far out of the playoff spot as the Yankees. And they're obviously Kike is a is a position player that you could kind of afford to lose, especially considering how well he how bad he was playing. Not um but if the Red Sox, the Red Sox are the most on the fence team for me. It's them and the Cubs maybe, but I think more so the Red Sox that are most on the fence because one more good run into this this next series that they play is going to determine a lot. I think they're playing the Braves right now, depending on how they finish this brave series and start their next series. I think it'll say it'll, it'll, it'll say a lot about what they're going to do because they have a lot of pieces that they could give up, uh, on, on the obvious end, a James Paxton, uh, a Chris Martin. They had Kike Hernandez that got traded. Um, and then uh, you have Justin Turner even, which I know Nate was uh, was going ham after his Kike trade that the Blue Jays could go get Justin Turner, which I wouldn't mind, but I don't think the Red Sox are going to do because that's in division. But you know what? It's worth a shot to ask, ask the Red Sox, ask around for something because what's the worst that's going to happen? The Red Sox are going to say no. And you should be like, okay. We we know we haven't beat you this year, but we'll go find someone else. Um, yeah, like it's it's gonna be a fascinating deadline because this is where your your M, your your scoops, your MLB scoops, and your MLB nerds start to come back with their sources. And with these uh guys, with these guys, you always have to take them with a grain of salt. But uh, MLB nerds did bring up the. An interesting thing about the Seattle Mariners. Now the Seattle Mariners are also a team that's very on the fence. You could say that about a lot of teams, really. Um, they have a lot of P pe- they're around 500 right now. They obviously want to be back in the playoffs. They have pieces that they could give up. And according to MLB nerds, they could be looking at moving up a- one of their back end of the back end bullpen arms uh, with relievers like Matt Brash, Paul Seawald and Andres Munoz in trade talks with multiple teams. Now, do I think that'll happen? Probably not. But if it does, the Mariners are obviously going to get a big piece in return. Because, well, not, okay, not big as in like Cody Bellinger big, but I think something that will definitely impact them for this year and going forward. Because all three of these guys have a lot of term left. And they want to obviously make another run at it, get back in the postseason like they did last year, and break my heart again. Um, but if the Mariners also slide the other way in these next few days, they have a piece in Teoscar Hernandez, who broke our hearts in Seattle twice, uh, two games in a row. Uh, but if Teo and Teo's uh set on Blair and Barker, he's uh, he's welcomed a reunion, he's not opposed to a reunion. So do I think that Teoscar Hernandez would be good for this Blue Jays roster? Absolutely. It's kind of the one thing we're missing. A dude that can drive in runs and bash lefties. And can D- and can DH and has, I'm not gonna say he's improved in the outfield. It's not as bad as people remember it to be. He did have that one blunder in uh, in that game in three. So uh, there's that. But um I think a guy like Teo would be interesting for the Mariners to trade, given that he's on a Expiring deal. He hasn't had the greatest year, but he's he's driven and runs, like I said, and it's it's a matter of figuring out the Mar- what the Mariners want to do. But there's so many things. Like there's there's obviously the small rumors of like a just and just going elsewhere. Jonathan India, who was Rookie of the Year two years ago, and now feels like the old man on the Cincinnati Reds, could be out the door because of how much position player prospect capital that the, the that the current cincinnati reds have that are fighting for a division and they desperately need pitching of any kind because that offense has been finding ways to do it with uh tyler stevenson joey Votto, spencer steer matt mcclain ellie de la cruz uh jake fraley will benson like that's a like that Spencer, like i saw the trade deadline from last year a hor and spencer steer uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand and Will Benson essentially came out of one trade because it was the Twins who acquired Tyler Malley for Spencer Steer and Encarnacion Strand and uh, I believe a pitcher by the name of Hajar. But Hajar was sent to the Guardians for Will Benson. So you now have three or at least two dudes that have been doing their thing for the entire year for the Cincinnati Reds. And, and Encarnacion Strand, who has come up recently and hit some, hit some, hit some big hits, got, to, got a bomb, got a pinch hit home run as your first hit in the big leagues, which is awesome. But uh, for Tyler Malley, who's a guy that hasn't really pitched this year, and imagine those guys in the Minnesota Twins lineup right now. More so Spencer Steer and Encarnacion Strand. But yeah, it's, it's a matter of finding something with those Reds because Jonathan India is a guy that can, hasn't had a great year. He's hitting about 212. Last I checked, he's not going to get you much. But if you could package Jonathan India with one of their bigger prospects, like a Edwin, uh, like an Edwin Arroyo or a Noelvi Marte that they got from uh, the Mariners and Luis Castillo deal, they could definitely get a pitcher back in because the fact that they're winning games and still in the division fight with the pitching that they have, like, it's insane. Like Luke, Luke Weaver gives up runs like it's still tomorrow, but has like a winning record or the Reds win a lot of the games that he pitches in, which is insane. It's almost, it's worse than Jose Barrios last year with his ERA to record ratio. Like it's yeah. The Reds are a team that could be very interesting. There's so many, this trade deadline could be, there's no in between with this trade deadline. It's either going to be one of the most intriguing or the most boring because you're going to have so many teams that are, on the fence, not wanting to sell because there's a chance that they could get in thanks to the expanded playoffs, which means the market is going to be outrageously high for the people that are traded. Or you get your blockbusters, your Shohei Ohtani's going, your your Blake Snell's, your Josh Hader's, your your Andres Munozes, and even and then your the Teoscar Te Hernandez, Brent Rooker, and uh your Tim Anderson, Paul the Young types are like. Not afterthoughts, but middle of the pack kind of trades, which I think I think we're more likely to get the boring trade deadline, which is unfortunate. Uh, just given the way that everything is shaking out, because teams that you thought weren't in it, like the Cubs, are now deciding to win baseball games, and so are the Angels, because the Angels also had a lot of pieces that they could get get rid of. But um, now it's, uh, you never know. The only teams that we know are bad are the A's the Rockies, the Nationals, the Cardinals are selling some pieces, but they don't want to be too bad. But, uh, uh, what can more can you say? Ladies and gentlemen, um, you know what? I think that's a good place to round it out because I don't want to, I don't want to ramble on for too much longer. Uh, doing a solo episode is scary. like, Cause you don't have anybody to bounce off of, but, uh, you know what? It was something new and, and intriguing that I wanted to try. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy listening to this episode as always. Uh, links are going to be in the description. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the flight deck. Oh, actually everything. Now, the flight deck underscore, uh, we also have the merch that is available. If you want to look at that there, sure. Your La Machina redemption hoodies, which granted it's looking great right now. um, and, yeah, uh, we will catch you guys probably on Tuesday, uh, the, the, the day of the trade deadline, uh, for just like a wrap-up of the series of tonight's game and the series against the Angels. And uh, stay calm, peace, and go Blue Jays.